Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hey everyone, welcome to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I'm Alexander Rossi. And I'm James Hinchcliffe. And this week we've got something pretty controversial slash... Slash awesome? Slash awesome? 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 Slash... New word here at Off Track. (laughs) Slash widely uh, viewed and uh, widely opinionated. It's our first ever guest banned from the state of Minnesota. So... (laughs) If you hadn't figured that out by now, it is Ari Leyendijk Jr. who we're talking about who put his love life on public display for an extended period of time for 8 to 10 million people in a week? Twice. Twice. Yeah, you're right. He did it once as a, as a contestant on The Bachelorette. He came back years later as The Bachelor. He has found love, but he found it in a somewhat... Inconventional, unconventional. Uncon- another new another word. Another new off-track word. word. It's been a long day. An unconventional way. For those listening, by the way, we, we're recording from uh, Chateau de Bus. Chateau uh, de Alexander Bus, Rossi's which is uh, bus. My, my bus that lives at a racetrack when we are off track and not on the track. So right now we are actually sitting inside of the St. Petersburg Street Circuit on the west coast of northern Florida. So if you hear cars in the background, we are inside of a racetrack right now, just as a heads up. We will get to our interview uh, via phone with Ari Leyendijk Jr. He could not be here in yeah. studio, and by that I mean in bus, uh, for this particular interview. Uh, after these quick segments, more with Off Track with Hinch and Rossi right after this. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. I know that first world problems are still problems. You literally said last week how much this pissed you off. The most frustrating thing. All right, geez, let's move yeah. on. Well, I'm glad that's over. Here's, Here's what, what grinds my gears. gears, Alex. You know what? You know what really grinds my gears? Probably something not important. Objectively, that's 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 fairly true. But it's something that a man in the room is guilty of. Me? Regular. What did I do? I, I um, literally am always nice to you. Amazingly, this time it's not you. Oh, thank God. Oh, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> By process of elimination, uh, Thim, you do something 
that I think is just so arrogant. Is, is it because I'm always wearing the same clothes? Is it because I look too good? Okay, so Alex, what you said, that's clever. Then what you said, that's funny. But for no. anybody listening, I wear the I, I I have a uniform. I wear the same Tim. outfit every day. He has yeah, khakis no and a black shirt no that he wears. Cares. No one cares at all. Anyway, there's another thing that you do. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's because you like live in L.A. or you're like kind of in the movie scene or something. I'm from Indiana. There's something. Whatever. There's something that happens in movies that I'm like, that's so unrealistic. Nobody does that in real life. And then I met Tim, and all of a sudden it's become like a real thing. Oh, I'm intrigued. What is it? In movies, all the time, people hang up cell phones or regular phones, just hang up a phone call without actually saying goodbye. Oh, my God. Literally, Tim does that. Tim does that all the time. He's like, are you going to be there at 5 o'clock? Yeah, I'll be there at 5 o'clock. Cool. Click. Click. Yeah. I do that? What is wrong with you? Dude, you don't know that you do that? I don't know that I do that. Dude, you are... It's so rude. It's It's so unnecessary. It's ridiculous. What happened to common manners? Maybe there was more to be said in the conversation. Maybe I was like, yeah, I'm going to be there at 5... But, but but you were already like cool click like you're so fast to hang up. <sighs> yeah, you got nothing. I got I have no defense because like been I want to know with famous it. people. Usually and in I try to say as I end every conversation with both of you, love you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty common way for you to end it. Okay, to but, other people. but all right. Not to jump in on this, but I feel like you're jumping in on this. I'm jumping in on this. If the conversation's reached its natural end point, yes. That's fine. A goodbye feels unnecessary. Can I, I disagree. Can I, can I, can yes. I bring up something? That, Alex. All right. So you finish your meal at a nice restaurant. The meal's reached its end point. Do you just walk out without paying a bill? I would love to. I, but, feel, like he, but, I feel like he's actually done yeah. that before. That might be a bad but, example. But you don't do that. I, I will tell you what I do. That you know you shouldn't do that. I 100%. I will. I like If I get something to go. I will forget. I will forget the the to go food. Yeah, that's and fine. Everybody does that. No, Everybody but I do that every time. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, but that's I, not the same. Not at all. What I we're talking like about because is that's, that's disrespecting in. yourself, not other people. It's common courtesy. It's cell phone etiquette. It's phone call etiquette. Do you I do that to your mother? I, do, when your mom calls, do you hang up without saying goodbye? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, How about when Larry calls? My Larry's my stepdad. Yeah, I also know when a when a conversation hits its natural endpoint. How do you know we're it's done. naturally ending? So why can't you just take that one extra breath and be like, "Cool, bye." Who has time for that, James? Literally you. <laughs> more than anyone else in this room, you have time for that. You you have more time than than all of us. I didn't know this was a thing that I did. It's a thing, and it makes you come across as kind of a jerk. Kind <gasps> of kind of Southern California. Yeah, kind of LA. Oh. It's kind I'm of LA, from bro. Indiana. Like I'm I'm relatively oh, well, certain I, I didn't guess what? get picked Miley that up. Miley Cyrus in is like from somewhere normal, but look at her. Yeah, I mean. You live in West Hollywood for more Brunch than capital one year, and all of a sudden you're too good for saying goodbye. I'm going to be honest. I'm pretty sure I did that in Indiana, too. Look, you're not the only person, but you're definitely the person I talk to regularly that uh, that does that. And I, I ask you as a friend and colleague, please show respect to other people that you're on the phone with. And just, just say, even just say, okay, cool, goodbye. And even if you don't give them the chance to say it back, it's less jerky if you at least Or say it. I have a solution. Stop calling Tim. Don't call Tim anymore. Yeah, call. yeah no. That's, that feels like the easy fix. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. stick to texts. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Well, you, okay. Nope, well, that's, that's another it. episode of where he digs nope. into my texts. But. Oh, yeah. It's not going to get me started on your texting. But the way you hang up phone calls really, really 
All right. Grinds my gears. I'm going to uh, work on it. I've got to agree with James on this. I don't often agree with James, but on this one, it's pretty diabolical. So. All right, guys, I'm going to work on it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. This is Hinch here, and today we have a very, very special guest who's agreed to join us. He's calling in today, couldn't be in studio. He's a busy man. He's a busy man. You'll understand why. Uh, it's a guy we've both known for a long time, and I'd like to welcome to the show Mr. Ari Lyondike Jr. Ari, thanks so much for coming out, bud. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. As you were just on this little television show that one or two people watch, <laughs> uh, called The Bachelor. How did that come about? Like, obviously, I mean, take us back through The Bachelorette, where the process that they found you for that, and then the transition of you becoming The Bachelor. Yeah, so I think uh, most contestants, at least male contestants, are nominated. But for me, I met a girl in Indiana, actually, and we dated really briefly. She worked at a local news station. Um, and then fast forward nine years later, I ran into her in L.A., and she had become one of the producers for The Bachelor. And at the time, uh, I was I was single, and she thought I would be a really good match for the Bachelorette, which was Emily. And then everyone kind of saw what happened there. Um, I was a runner-up, and then I kind of went back to life as normal, you know, going to the racetrack. And then I also started my real estate career, and then they asked me to do the Bachelor. So because I'd fallen in love with Emily and I knew that it could work, I, I didn't hesitate at all, and I, I jumped at it. That must have been a pretty, pretty big transition, just going from, you know, R Jr. living life, doing your thing, to all of a sudden being on this show and having, you know, your love life essentially broadcast to millions of people every night. Yeah, I mean, the first time around was insane. Like, I didn't know the the enormity of the production and how many camera crews or, or camera guys there would be and how many people are involved in the show. But after, you know, a few days, that kind of all melts away and then it's really about the relationships. You know, I had never watched it before I was on it. So... To go through it the first time was such a crazy experience, and it really was life-changing in a way just because you do learn a lot about yourself, and you do sort of put yourself out there. Um, and now, looking back, you know, it was a really great experience, and obviously doing the bachelor was kind of a whole different experience because you're sort of the guy and, and all eyes are on you, but I definitely don't regret doing it because my Lauren and I are really happy, and we got to spend the weekend here at the racetrack, so... It was fun to, to bring her out and to, to show her, her the track and sort of that side of my life. Ari, I mean, so now now it's finished. We'll get into questions about the show in a second. But, I mean, would you say your life now is back to normal? I mean, you, you come to the racetrack. You and Lauren come here in kind of a setting that has nothing to do with media, has nothing to do with anything that you're competing in. I mean, is it is it normal for you or is it still chaos? No, I mean, it's complete chaos right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is sort of the first week we've been out in public. Yeah, it was very different than just going to the racetrack. You know, all eyes were kind of on us. It was really hard to walk through the paddock. But it was also really fun. You know, a lot of people congratulating us and a lot of familiar faces, obviously. It was kind of insane today, um, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. And we'll be back at Long, for the Long Beach Grand Prix where I will be racing uh, in the stadium super truck. So that'll be a whole other element as well. 
That's awesome, man. It'd be, it'd be great to get you. I imagine for you, it's going to be great to get back behind the wheel, you know, kind of after all this. Is normal ever going to exist for you anymore? And if so, like, how long is it going to take for things to kind of go back to what, you know, Ari and Lauren would call normal? Yeah, I don't know. We were talking about that earlier. Um, I don't know when life is going to go back completely normal. You know, I think this next year will be really fun and interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of things that we're going to be able to do. Um, and I feel like there's still going to be a lot of attention there. But hopefully it dies back down. And, you know, we don't mind it. It's just, you know, I, I would like it to get quiet eventually just because I'm a pretty private person, which is kind of funny because I went on this TV show that gained a lot of attention. But right. ultimate, ultimately, I do like to live a pretty private life. Some of this attention that you've gotten i mean has come from obviously the drama of what happened in the show i mean what was it like for you to go through that when it aired because it it had, it was in real time so was that the most like i mean were you sleeping at night yeah so lauren and i actually didn't watch the finale and we didn't watch any of the after the final road show um you know they basically i mean we i could have chosen to watch the finale but we chose just to sort of hang out and and to concentrate on us. And then you go out onto the live show, and that's kind of a whole other thing. And during that portion of the show, um, or actually when that they're shooting that show, they don't really allow you to watch what's happening before you go on the stage. So you sort of have a clear mind and sort of and focus on what you're going to do. So we actually haven't watched it, and I'm sure that we'll watch it eventually, but for now we're just going to sort of you know, run away to Iceland and Barcelona for the next week and um, and just hang out and concentrate on that, and then eventually we'll probably watch it. Obviously, the way it ended was unconventional. Let's call it that. Were you really ready for what came on social media when it all happened, when it all aired? Yeah, I know. That, that is a tough part. I think people are upset over the fact that the breakup was recorded. You know, I feel kind of... Production really didn't help me out on that. I, I really felt like they didn't have my back because ultimately I did all of this to really help Lauren and I's relationship because I wanted you know people to kind of understand where my head was at and why I was doing what I was doing because I think I wasn't ready for that proposal, but I wasn't really, as a bachelor, you're really pressured on that day to propose, and I shouldn't have done that. And I would have probably handled things differently if I kind of looked back and see how things are or portray to the viewers, but, you know, all you can do is sort of look forward and, you know, I had to make this decision because it was worth it for me to, to see if that relationship could work out with Lauren. So, yeah, it's not the most, it definitely wasn't the most traditional ending, <laughs> but everyone's, you know, story is different, everyone's life is different, and this is, this is real for me, so I didn't want to just, you know, float through an engagement that, that I wasn't fully into. Yeah, I mean, that makes complete sense and I think all of us in that position would, would have done the same thing I mean you mentioned how there's pressure to propose I mean is that something that comes from production or I mean it's like okay no I wouldn't say there's people there pressuring you I think it's more or less you know being the bachelor there's that expectation at the end and there's a timeline and you know this is sort of when the show wraps and this is gonna it's gonna happen on this day and I think you know if I wouldn't have proposed I'd have a lot of people who were upset at me at that point too so I feel like I was in a little bit of a situation where I couldn't win. I needed more time, but there just wasn't any more time. And so when I really left Peru, I gained a lot of clarity, and I really felt like, okay, this, this is how I'm feeling. And at that point, 
I knew I needed to make a, a change, and that was obviously very difficult. And production was, you know, very keen on having this all filmed because they felt like this whole story should be told. And I felt like they would really be able to help me express how I felt, and I felt like that'd be good for Lauren and I, just because then people could see the whole story. And I feel like the backlash is coming because it wasn't really produced in a way that that helped me and that really told that story. Cut on that note. Let's have some fun with this. What's what's the worst thing that you've seen on the internet about the finale? And do you just laugh it off? Like, can you completely ignore it, or does it does it kind of sting a little, even though you know it's just people on social media that are into a reality TV show? Yeah, I mean, I can't even pinpoint one or one thing, you know. But how about how about how about the Minnesota politician trying to ban you from the state? Like, is that <laughs> what, what's what is that all about? Come on. I feel like that's hilarious. I can't believe that that's even a thing. I mean, it's insane. I don't even know. The amount of people I saw on Twitter that were more outraged that like taxpayer money was going towards, you know, signing that bill and that somebody was spending time on that. So, with all this, with you and Lauren getting married in September, um, what's your future in reality TV? I mean, you're going to go do The Amazing Race? Are you going to dance with some stars i mean what what's your there's a history of bachelors going on dancing with the stars i have to say i know james i know but i don't i don't think i could do it man dude dude I, I didn't think, think I, I could, could do, do it, it either. Let me tell you, racing drivers, we've got a good record on that show. So if they come... Elio has a good record on that show. Okay, Elio <laughs> does have a slightly better record than myself, but I blew Michael Waltrip out of the water. So, like, I'm very average. I'll take that. I'll take that. But if they, if, if Dancing with the Stars came calling, would you do it? I don't think I would. I think I, I think I'm going to take a little break from TV. It's a big commitment. I think, you know, I talked to Sean about it. You know, he, obviously, he was on it. He did it at The Bachelor. He starts filming, I think, fairly soon. And I, I don't know if I could do that. It's understandable. I mean, I personally yeah. think reality TV shows are the worst. But um, <laughs> it's probably because I had to do it with Connor the whole time. But it's all right. Was it tough keeping it a secret? Once, once it was all said and done, you and Lauren were together. The show's, you know, about to start. And you've got to kind of try and keep that relationship as secret as possible. How hard was that? Yeah, so it's interesting. They set up these, like, weekends. They're called Happy Couple Weekend. And they fly you to a location, put you up in, you know, an Airbnb. It's fun. I mean, you you know, you're, you're cooking all day, but you're really sequestered to a house. And we would sneak out sometimes, shoot, wear a wig, and I'd wear a hat, you know, go on hikes. It was kind of fun to sort of, you know, have that secret relationship going on. But it is tough. You know, you want to you want to talk about your relationship. You want to tell your friends, your family. And my family did know, but, you know, some of my friends were definitely in the dark. And so it, was, it felt really good to sort of tell the world, you know, and, and hold each other's hand and be in public. And we're kind of like finally getting out and enjoying that side of it now. But being sequestered was fun as well. Yeah, I, I imagine it's, it's probably like there's a balance somewhere in the middle, right? There was being completely sequestered, not being able to do anything that anybody could see. Then there's, you know, coming to the racetrack this weekend here in St. Petersburg, Florida, being absolutely mobbed. There's probably a happy medium somewhere. You want to be able to go live your life and, and be in public. But but you also like time, the recognition. Well, but at the same time, you want to be able to have a normal relationship. Sure. Right? sure yeah, for sure. sure. And, I, you know, I think that the, the show, you know, in any... In, in, a few months, you know, Becca will be the bachelorette. That'll be on TV, and you know, the attention will be on her. And then, you know, in less than a year, there'll be a new bachelor. And, and uh, I think that'll go quick. I think the attention sort of shifts to the next person, and then, you know, I think the eyes will be off of us a little bit for sure. 
Well, I mean, we, we certainly hope that's the case and that you two can go be happily married. So going into this podcast, um, you had to know that there were some things coming that was going to put you on the, the hot seat. So we've got what's called lightning round coming up. And so it's not really, let, let's be honest. It's a running joke. We call it the lightning round. It's supposed to be quick answers, but it, it never happens. No, yeah, we'll, we'll mean, get another name someday. Yeah. yeah two, I mean, three years down the line. So basically, <laughs> it's just questions. You give us a short-ish answer. And um, yeah, there we go. So what is the fastest you've ever driven off the track? Off the track. Oh, man. 156 Ford Contour, the D-Line Highway. That's specific. I'm sorry. In a what? Ford Contour SUV. It was like the funniest little car. There wasn't a limiter on that? How did you, ma- how did you manage it? <laughs> <laughs> Were you being pulled by like a faster car? <laughs> it was like a Ford came out with like a special edition Contour, which was like a four-door it was based off the Monteo. Wow. All right. That's I was not expecting that. That's the fastest you've driven off the track is in a Ford Contour. Yeah, I know. How hilarious is that? <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Besides Alexander Rossi and myself, James Hinchcliffe, which are the obvious choices, besides us, who are your favorite IndyCar drivers today? Oh, man, that's a tough one. You know, I'm friends with all you guys. So, I mean, I got to say Scott. I'd probably say Scott. That makes sense. He's my favorite, too. He's my favorite. And Emma's so dang beautiful, you know, and they're so cute together. So I got to root for him. Copy that. That, I completely agree. Um, So who's gotten more speeding tickets, you or Lauren? This is a good good question. question. How many speeding tickets do you have? She has none, so I definitely have more. (laughs) How many speeding tickets do you have? I probably have 20. But dude, how are you not in prison? How is how is your license not suspended? I mean, I'm 36 years old, and you just spread that out over 20 years. That's <laughs> like that's still a lot. What a year! Yeah, <laughs> it's, only one, it's only one a year. I guess. I guess that's okay. I guess that's fine. Uh, okay. Do you have a favorite season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette that you were not on? Yeah, when Sean was a bachelor. Uh, I think that was a really fun season because he was, he he was seems my like buddy. A sweet dude. We did Bachelorette together, so to watch him kind of go through it, uh, and he's still married with Catherine, and they have their second second baby on the way. So to see that kind of unfold and see where he's at now is really cool. What are your go-to karaoke songs? Oh, he's lost a love and feeling. Oh, nice. Uh, the theme from Top Gun, classic. So did you always want to follow in your dad's footsteps? I mean, obviously he's a two-time Indy 500 winner. Great. I mean, huge ambassador for the sport. Was that, I mean, was that always your dream as a kid? I mean, I grew up the racetrack, you know, grew up going to the track with Marco and with Graham, and it was, you know, it was really cool to, to be in that environment and sort of look up to your dad and want to do that. And, and when I started racing, I really didn't listen to my dad at first, just because you never really, really, really want to listen to what your dad has to say. <laughs> then when I started racing Indy Life, an Indy car, I was like, I had to gain this whole new respect for him. And... So, yeah, it was very cool to follow in his footsteps and, and to be a part of that world, for sure. Last question. Dream vacation other than, obviously, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going on my dream vacation right now. So we're going to go to Iceland for three days and then Barcelona for seven days. So I haven't been to either place, and I'm stoked to check it out for sure all right so thank you that that was the lightning round as we affectionately call it though it has absolutely zero speed to nothing it. to do with lightning we are now heading into our final segment with you mr r Dyke jr again thank you so much for being on off track with hinch and rossi and we're heading into a little segment we like to call battle royale and for the rules of battle royale we would like to turn the attention to producer thim it's my time to shine 
Okay, so for Battle Royale. Round one. Fight. I'm going to give you a group of characters, whether they're real or fictional. And you have to imagine that there's a fight amongst this whole group. There's, there's a brawl. And who do you think would be victorious? Your guys' group of characters today are daytime talk show hosts. So not nighttime. Not nighttime. We're not so talking we're not, Leno. We're not, we're not talking Conan. Kimmel. No, we're talking Alan and Oprah. Because Conan, Conan would have done some some stuff, I think. I don't Conan, know. I, I mean, I don't know. Tall, he seems soft. Yeah. All right. Just because so, he's a redhead doesn't mean he's soft. I didn't say I, that. I will be the judge of yes. this, but we will also put up a poll on at AskOffTrack on Twitter. So that you guys can all decide if I'm right or so wrong. So you're not exclusively in charge of the winner. Thank no, I mean I'm God. the one that's on the on the audio, but I mean they can tell me if if I'm if I'm okay. they'll all they'll right. tell me if I'm right or they will say that they are. Well, wrong. Well, most okay. of the time you're wrong. You're usually you. wrong. So. Okay, I'm delightful. <laughs> Ari, this is normally something we let the guests kick off with. Do you have a daytime talk show host and a good argument as to why they would win a battle royale? I mean, are we? T- would Jerry Springer be a talk show host? I would. I would give you Springer. Yeah, he's definitely. He's Springer. definitely daytime. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because he's seen it all. He's seen all the cat fights. So I gotta think he's got the food. So so yeah. So Jerry Springer's your guy. He's he's seen a lot of fights. You think he could stand up pretty well in a fight? I mean, I don't know. He is getting kind of old. Maybe if you're gonna go with somebody, you know. Maybe Wendy Williams. That's a good one. Oh, boom. Okay. Okay. Oh, all right. Interesting. Not mad at that. I'm going with my man, Mr. Steve Harvey. Oh, Because okay. let me tell you something about Steve Harvey. This guy works harder. He trains harder. He's a badass. He's funny. And that mustache? Come on! Okay, James. I'm going to be honest. I expected you to go with Ellen because I know you're a big Ellen. I love Ellen. Fan. Yeah, she but, is incredible. But, but she's, I think, a pacifist. I feel like exactly. she's not... She's not going to win little. in a fight. She's right, little. She's, she's little. Steve all right, Harvey's all right. large. So here we go. I appreciate both of your decisions, um, but I'm going to win with Rachel Ray because of the fact Crazy that... Crazy statement. Think about all of the knives she has access to. That's not the point, This man. is a fight, man. What you do think- you think? What do you, This is a battle of words? This is a fight. This is a street Steve fight. Steve Harvey would use his mental just a, strength. Just a terrible choice. Hey, Why you. is that a <laughs> terrible <laughs> choice? Yes. Literally, who else right. has access to Japanese... German, everybody, everybody. Nice. Go to a, there's a everybody kitchen. who there's can, a, everybody can watch the TV Guide channel or whatever and order the as seen on TV crap. No, Ari, you, you gotta, you gotta kind of understand what I'm, what I'm saying here. I mean, she's got knives. She's got yeah, knives I mean, on knives I, on knives. I, I totally understand what you're saying, but I've met Rachel Ray and she's pretty much a soft. She would just like cook everybody stuff. Like she, yeah, would, she'd she like, would hey, have guys, the, Why are we? Fighting? She could. She could. She, she, no, no. Let me. She no. Cook the post battle royale no, meal. No, no. Let me explain something to you. This is my final argument. Fine. Take away the knives. She's gonna cook you all a nice three course meal. Poison. She's it. gonna poison it. It's not a battle royale. It's not. A fight. Yeah. It's Steve Harvey's not, not gonna fall for that. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Harvey has, has, has people that taste his food. He has the magical mustache it. of all powers. It's just Correct. wonderful. Yeah. That okay. mustache will detect the poison. Whatever. Before it ever gets to his mouth. I'm think, glad you live in an alternate universe. Ari, I'm sorry, but I think I'm going to have to give this to Steve Harvey. I think James Hinchcliffe wins yeah, this, this right. round of I Battle Royale. Right. Whatever. Boom. You put up a good fight, though, Ari. I appreciate that. Well. That was solid. That was solid. It's all good. It's all good. And, and again, uh, if anybody on Twitter, if you disagree, we're going to throw up a poll when this episode goes live, um, and and you you guys can. Can vote on who should have won. You can vote for I'm Steve Harvey. I'm right. Uh, Steve Harvey right. should win. But uh, if you disagree, you can be wrong and show how wrong you are on Twitter. At Ask Off Track. Boom. 
Ari, thank you so much for your time. I know that you're driving yeah, down to Miami so. right now to go on a vacation with Lauren. And we appreciate you guys putting up with some noise and, from inside the St. Petersburg race. And, and please and please thank your your darling fiance for uh, the time that we've taken from you today and for putting up with this. Oh, it's all good. Thanks for having me, guys. And, and good job this weekend. And I'll see you guys in Long Beach. Look forward to it, man. Have a good one. Actually, Ari, we, we have we have one more question that, that people have told us we have to ask. Okay. When she said to leave, why, why didn't you just go? <laughs> I didn't watch it back. So, I mean, uh, there's some creative producing going on there. Um, I did leave, and then I was told to go back. So. Oh, okay. So it was, it was the producer. The producer sent the you back. The truth comes out. They, they put that on you. They made it look like it was on you. So, uh, but, sorry, we, we had to ask. Wonderful. <laughs> All good, man. Thanks again. As Alex said, thanks so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. All the best to you two in the future on your trip, and we will see you in Long Beach in the Stadium Super Trucks. Looking forward to seeing you back in action. All right. Thank you. Bye. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at at AskOffTrack, or you can take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram or Snapchat story. We're also taking emails, and that's at ask at OffTrackPod.com, and phone calls at 317-731-2372. That's ask, A-S-K, at OffTrackPod.com, and 317-731-2372. If we like what you have to say, we'll mention it on the next show. So you better make it good. We're also on Twitter at, at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. And if you want to, though we have no idea why you would, you can follow producer Thim at, at the Tim Durham. Thanks to Ari for calling in and putting up with our questions today. We again apologize for the sound quality, but such is the nature of call-in interviews and That's what happens when your guest calls in from his cell phone while driving. We're glad you understand. You can follow Ari on Twitter at at AriJr. The music you heard on this episode was written by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library, and the show was produced by Chris Boniello and Jeff Umbro of The Podglomerate, as well as Fim himself, Tim Durham. Also Peter Vincer, Matt Monrian, and Lucy Shen at CastBox. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot because, well, we think it's the best. We'd also like to thank Breakmaster Cylinder for the jingles. And a very special thank you to Brian Arbuckle for fixing our Ari call-in audio. We owe you one, buddy. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.